0: Brock, of uh brock of uh of cameron and brock are two people the titular brock are you uh, titular the
1: even more titular cameron <laughs> it's, it's as true. you have pride of place in the
0: phrase there yeah i didn't i i didn't think too much about the ordering it's just kind of what flowed i guess my order i guess i am more titular because i'm i'm contributing to the alphabetization of our of our podcast, Brock and uh-huh. Cameron are two people. I mean, it's kind of nice. Maybe we should have gone Brock and Cameron. I honestly didn't think about it.
1: No, nah, it almost seems too ordered. You know, like alphabetical
0: and uh, number of letters. It seems too neat. Mm, you're right. You, we we had to we had to keep them guessing. Throw a curveball. Can't open with. Well, I guess you can't open with the fastball. You gotta open with the curveball. Baseball's almost back. Welcome to Cameron and Brock Talk Baseball, the baseball podcast where we talk about baseball. Uh,
1: this is this is temporarily Cameron is one person <laughs>
0: podcast. What's your Baseball's huge in uh Pensacola, Florida. Home of uh the Pensacola, Florida baseball man's. Uh do, do you have a baseball team? <laughs> Uh yes, we do
1: <laughs> actually it's a pretty popular outing Pensacola
0: wahoos the wahoos is that a fish that, yeah that's... we have an
1: uh yeah, we have a s- nice stadium, new stadium there um
0: by the bay downtown. you've never oh. seen it N- no, I've been to Pensacola once in the past like seven, eight years. We well, should look it up. It's strikingly nice, and uh,
1: is that a baseball joke?
0: Nice. I love a good baseball joke on this baseball oh, podcast.
1: Definitely. If I could take that back, I definitely would. Um, but
0: I guess it's too late now. Very much too late. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. There's a. I I like a. Minor league baseball is weird. I'm. You don't know who anyone is. No one, I mean, even with the regular baseball game, you might not be all super, all that invested in what's happening. Minor League Baseball is mostly like cheap hot dogs with something happening in the background. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Major
1: League Baseball is expensive hot dogs with something going on in the background? Yes, basically. Okay. Uh,
0: I. Yeah. Uh, we did uh we got to uh be in the of this uh, my only like, baseball anecdote that I can think of that's that interesting other than something that's actually described how a baseball game went, which is we're not gonna deal with that. Um uh, I uh got a hookup to sit in a box seat at a Cubs game last year. Uh we had a, a business thing happen and we were able to a bunch of people from work. I was able to take the, the family. And uh boy that's some haves and haves not stuff. Yeah. Did you feel okay about being there? I was a have. I mean, so it was at, at Wrigley down the street, literally down mm-hmm. the street. Uh, and uh, the Wrigley Field has been around since, I think, 1758. And they've added a balcony and they've added all this stuff. But it's still very clearly a very old and creaky establishment that looks kind of like airplane hangar parts put together into a baseball field. Stadium, Like, it's <laughs> it's very uh, old metal feeling and uh, not very roomy. And they clearly just slammed in a row of box seats in between the upper and lower decks. like, right. So the way you get to your box seat is you walk out a, on like a gang. What would in a normal stadium probably be like an access walkway to the lights or something. And instead, you're just walking on this kind of gangplank thing over to this inner circle of walkway. And if you'll picture the inner circle of walkway, I'm walking, say, down in the, the field or like the, uh, the box seats are on my left, like the back door to go into the box seat. And on my right, I'm looking almost at eye level with people who are sitting on the like nosebleeds of the lower level. You know what I mean? Like they're that far up underneath everything that... I'm, mm-hmm. on, I'm, but I'm. So at, you feel like everyone is looking at you, box seat man, in the, from their like garbage seats where you know you get treated like you're at the DMV at a baseball game, right? People yell and throw, throw things, and you know it's. The, well, I guess that's not what a DMV is like, but you know what I mean. There's no special treatment. <laughs> It sounds like
1: you've been to a Florida DMV.
0: <laughs> no special treatment in the in the uh, with the plebes down there. But you get in, you go once you get over that and try to pretend like or try to you know overlook the fact that you feel that everyone is looking at you. Uh, yeah, you walk into a little little suite and then there's just unlimited everything the whole time. Uh, it's the, the the difference is striking. Um. It sounds like a scene out of,
1: you know, Gladiator where you were discussing with your other patrician friends, um, th- you know, sort of observing the common folk and sort of tossing them hot dogs or having someone else shoot hot dogs and T-shirts into the stand uh, as they sort of
0: clamor for uh, yeah, what, what they can get. That's Yeah, the clamoring is not a good look. In general, I think that uh, you know, I think there's a certain head count at at which point clamoring is, uh, you have to sacrifice a little bit of your dignity to clamor. Um, Mm -hmm. I have I once had a job in which our department was uh, assigned outside of our normal officey things to put together a cookout uh, for the for the company, and we did so, and the interim CEO at the time. Uh, very interim for a variety of reasons. This might very well be one of them. Uh, as our uh, as a surprise, told us all that we got a bonus, and then uh, she brought up all the all the of the apartment to the you know to the top of the deck and said, "Oh, thank them for organizing this cookout." And we said, "You know, screw you." <laughs> We're just standing there, <laughs> and then uh, she pulled out a. Uh, pile of $50 bills like it, one for each person and instead of like handing them each to us or I don't know discreetly putting one on our desk the next day or any number of other things threw them into the air in front of us <laughs> and uh the,
1: it, yeah. it, this happened yeah and there, was there any instructions given or no did it evolve quickly into what you would imagine
0: I I mean the if it was not if it was a Larger group of people that wasn't. I, I mean, immediately there was an implicit understanding. I think that there would be one fifty dollar bill per person. So I did not. <laughs> I did not clamor. So I, it I was just,
1: like it was like cleanup. It was actually a lot like throwing
0: you your money on the ground and being like pick it up. Basically, I think okay. there. I've thought so much about this when over the years because the, this was a, like I said, a very interim, uh, person and they did not, uh, they didn't, I think I, I tried to get into their head and think of what they were attempting there. And I think that they were trying to just do something funny or fun or lighthearted or, um, you know, there's a, there's a, um, like a shoe carnival stand in the glass container while dollar bills blow around you kind of, thing wasn't that a thing at Shoe Carnival back in the day or like a game show or something? Yeah. I think there was a game uh, show attempt.
1: There's I think there's various versions of that. Yes.
0: It, and also I mean <laughs> on a game show I think there's a lot of um there's a lot of uh sort of uh, theater around a game show that psychs everyone up to the point that when there's a crowd of people watching a man furiously grab for dollar bills it's viewed as you know the tone has been lifted to the point that everyone is excited about that and not deeply deeply sad um that's an important part of a game show right like uh we were <laughs> we were watching uh, I'm really, boon- I'm <laughs> Wait, really bouncing I'm really bouncing around deeply, here
1: deeply deeply sad while watching it
0: well i mean if if everyone's there. we just talked about a scenario in which um Bending down and getting a a dollar bill, a, a money that has been thrown at you is maybe not super celebratory and is horribly awkward and demeaning. So, on some level, that's a game show, I guess. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, i think I'm bouncing yeah, too many I mean, places I here. I
1: can imagine like a price, uh, yeah, like a Price Is Right scenario, right? Um, it's controlled clamoring. You know, you can't take it for yourself with with just an amount of effort which keeps the roiling masses engaged but also at bay um so i think that's why that works well i found over time that it 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 happens very quickly and i have a very low um what's sort of exit tolerance for clamoring mm-hmm. so a, a, as soon as i sense people are getting worked up because they have this idea that they're about to get something for nothing. Um, (laughs) I, I immediately retreat from the situation sometimes to my own detriment. I lose out on something maybe, but it's, it's a terribly, I'm I'm guessing it's instinctual, but it's, it's really frightening. Um, (laughs) watching how intensely people desire to get something for nothing. And it shows up. I've thought about this quite a bit, so it's not out of nowhere, but it shows up everywhere. And the most baffling is with people who have quite a bit. It doesn't matter how much you already have. You don't have to. You could be in the box seats. You know, it's just they, you know, if there wasn't free food in the box seats, and then there was like somebody got wind that there was a buffet, portion of the buffet with a temporary free mm-hmm. set of hot dogs. There would be a, a group of people who would, you know, just gather them up and take them with them, you know? Well,
0: uh, gathering, well, first of all, let's not d- discount the the, com- the compelling uh, scenario in which there was a temporary free set of hot dogs, as you say. <laughs> um i th- i would be very open to a temporary free set of hot dogs and would proceed to gather thereof i think that what we what what we're circling here is that the act of clamoring has uh is in itself a transaction so at the once you once there is a free something but i have to clamor for it it's not free anymore i'm now paying with my uh my dignity right so like you hand me (laughs) a free t-shirt and i'm like oh cool a free t-shirt but if i'm like one of a hundred people and you have a t-shirt cannon and you're like who wants a free t-shirt then now now there's something else at play entirely
1: yeah it it escalates quickly you stand up and you're like oh well i am hungry that'd be cool let me go get (laughs) one of those hot dogs and then you suddenly notice that there may be five or six other people who are casually doing the same thing. And then you notice a small like family of people who are all suspiciously hurrying in a group towards the area. And you're immediately like, I'm going to pretend I was going to the bathroom. I don't even want to be seen as having been interested in this situation to save face. That's no. me. I don't yeah. know. No, those are
0: um, those are warning signs of a... Of an impending clamor. <laughs> yeah,
1: I got a safe face. Uh, Mardi Gras, h- have you participated in that kind of thing?
0: For all of the New Orleans food that we eat and the um, all of the New Orleans city that I was born in and everything, I've never actually been to a Mardi Gras to so know. Well, like... A
1: parade that involved throwing of beads and such things.
0: Boy, I feel like a parade in which the the beads... The clamor for the beads at a parade is one of the weakest clamors, I think. Oh, Um,
1: well, I mean... I can't tell. It. Have you been to one or not? It doesn't have no, to be. No, I've been to, to a – par- par- yeah, I, I think okay. I went
0: to the uh, the parade in Pensacola, um, some Spanish thing, it's when, you know, one of the many cities, one of the mm, many – De Luna, yeah. Five
1: Flags, something or another. Sure, sure. one of sure. the
0: many countries that Pensacola surrendered so, to over the years.
1: So this is a perfect example. It's, it's all relative um, scarcity, I guess you could say. These people, m- you know, some of which m- – may not have a lot of money, many of which have plenty of money, are um, will clamor, you know, beads, right? The beads get larger. Somebody holds a set of beads that are, like, comically large, like, the size of, uh, you know, the beads the size of your fist. Novelty it's like beads. old whole
0: necklace.
1: Yeah. I mean, but... Uh, that seems like a redundant thing, right? (laughs) Beads are already a novelty. You're not actually going to be using these things. But it appears that they have two of these giant bead sets. And there is no other way to describe it but a clamor. If somebody has that, people will do anything to get Uh, get the attention of the thrower. And if it's actually thrown, it's a full clamor. I mean, diving, fighting...
0: People out of their minds. Um, They've introduced scarcity. That was a that's a, it's a rare pickup right? at and, that point. And it's a legendary. If you want to buy
1: that, I'm I'm guessing you could buy one on the high end for five bucks, right? Yeah. Um, if you're not getting it wholesale, and nobody, everybody would spend five bucks on a hamburger, but it is as if they carry that for the rest of their life. That time that they got the bead at the parade, and uh, I don't understand it. I, I, I sort of get it, but it also makes me wonder why we're like that.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, you've introduced the concept that they're, what they're actually purchasing at that point is a is a lifelong memory of that time that they got the ultra-rare uh, bead drop at the parade. Um, mm-hmm. and I can't take that away from someone. I've I've gotten as excited about the video game equivalent of the large beads, right. the uh, virtual drop. Yeah, I I don't think my I don't know. And then that the, then that raises the question of whether they feel. <laughs> I think that whether you are trans uh, transacting your dignity there is sort of a subjective thing as well. Like maybe they're doing it for fun. I don't know. Um uh, but oh, th- but yeah, our,
1: there's some. A-
0: a range <laughs> right i would say that you're and what you and my dignity at this in this uh specific scenario is or like in any of these scenarios is a little too sensitive to being handed over for uh, although man i'm still going back to those hot dogs i'd probably do a lot for I would, a well hot dogs. it's the
1: yeah it's the guy who
0: pulls the home
1: run baseball out of the child's hand oh that's in a scramble that's the the pinnacle right Mm -hmm. you're also getting a little window into how hard it is for me to like have a normal engaging time in normal activities without overthinking
0: things right yeah, having a existential crisis about the uh, the, the like nature of of yeah. hum- humans and the and I, mob a, mentality is not really what the parade <laughs> is there for at all. I've
1: got a beer, it, music is playing louder than you can he- hear, and everyone's dancing, and I'm having a good time, and then I'm frozen, thinking, "But why?" <laughs> and um, yeah.
0: Should snap out of that, yeah, well, I mean one way to to uh, snap out of that is to externalize uh to a kid and reframe i mean this is actually real serious advice, but like uh, reframing an experience through communicating what 's cool about it to a kid or waiting for the kid to come up for their own reasons why it 's absurd, and then listening to those those are all really fun ways to get out of your own headspace <laughs> a little uh uh, my, uh oh yeah 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 that i mean to to transition i guess man nothing kills a good transition like saying to transition uh or a bad transition uh my my daughter is uh is uh wearing my sanity down at night and right before this podcast hmm. I, I, do you think that this is a concerted effort or it is incidental? We've we've set precedents, but and again, as, as we've discussed, all you have to do to set a precedent with a kid is to do a thing and then keep doing that thing, and but ta da! You set a precedent. Whoops! Uh, she wakes up and needs. Uh, to be put, she, she wants cuddles, so we're working away from cuddles, but she wakes up like clockwork at three o'clock and six o'clock. And it, she has figured out that if she comes into our room and wakes us up, she's going to get fussed at. And what has she gotten out of that? Nothing. She had to get up. The f- floor is cold. You know, she, she's put in a lot of effort just to get fussed at. Her new thing at three o'clock and six o'clock is to lay in her bed and yell. Over and over again. And she knows we will come post haste because we are worried about her brother waking up and then everything, you know, falls apart at three o'clock in the morning, which is bad. So currently she yells at three o'clock in the morning, every morning, I have to go in there and I, I, my my minor victory is she no longer demands cuddles. Now she she is okay with me like restructuring her bed sheets. But now I'm the one who's had to get up and walk and wake up at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> instead of her. You're losing the war. I'm am, I'm am, I I'm making small gains, and but at but like. Uh, yes, I think I am losing the war because I feel like I'm feel like I'm the one making small gains, but I'm completely not. I'm the one having to get out of my bed at three o'clock instead of her. Uh, it's it's troubling. Mm. Do your
1: children well, stay down? Uh, depends on the child. Um, I don't have a lot of problem with after they actually go to bed. But there's a lot of bedtime negotiating, as I call it. Sure. Mm, just grasp—they grasp at anything to try to keep your attention a little bit longer or engage you a little bit longer. Um, I don't think I've ever, or or almost never, left a room for the night without having to ignore at least one. Daddy. Right. I, I, I just have to walk away at some point.
0: Yeah, you, um, you have to just yeah. – We you can't – in my house, you can't actually shut the door because then Felix will flip out. She cannot handle the door being shut. But you have to, like, symbolically shut the door, <laughs> metaphorically Wait, like, shut the door. Do you, door. like, pretend to actually shut a real door or with your demeanor – try to shut the door i feel like the demeanor i don't think i could like mime a door being shut in a way that was convincing that would probably just raise more questions about what i'm doing that might, yeah that might just create more excitement yeah yeah
1: uh i have this problem where i imagine what i used to do as a kid and every time i i think Oh, well, why are you doing this? I never did this, or I would never have done this, or I wasn't like this, which isn't helpful for the kids, so I try to keep from saying that to them. Right. But right. I wonder if I, to some degree, just misremember mis- my own behavior and what I did. But
0: who knows? Well, I mean, I... uh yeah, I mean, kids aren't going to externalize very well to to your personal experiences when you were little. Also, I probably did the same thing to my parents. I I tried, to, I, I don't try, actually. I let them have their, their peace. But people whom I know who do not have children, or myself 10 years ago prior to having children, the idea of getting out of bed at 3 o'clock in the morning was so foreign. Like, the only time I would ever, ever, ever get out of bed at 3 o'clock in the morning is for like a crazy road trip where you have to get on the road so early because you got to drive 14 hours or something. Like I'm pretty sure when I drove from, uh, that was on the table, certainly when I drove from like Virginia to Tampa or something like that. But this is not like an occasional thing. My whole existence is shattered from midnight to seven is, is punctuated by one to two times getting up. The amount of of days where I spend asleep for more than three hours, uh, we're talking like under fifteen percent of days. It's bizarre. I can't understate that, <laughs> or I can't overst I can't <laughs> overstate that. And and it's screwed with my uh, the the reason I originally brought it up is it's screwed with my energy levels in a weird way. I I feel like I'm coming in hot here today because I was. I, I did an exercise video, and then I ate dinner. And so I'm like oh, my metabolism's going. Then I have to go get a bunch of kids in bed, and then I have to do cuddles. And all cuddles do to someone, you know, <laughs> an adult isn't normally going to lay in a bed for like, I don't know, maybe you do. Do you, if you A post-dinner nap isn't very common, I would have to imagine. So I lay there with Felix for, you know, 15 minutes. I'm starting to fall asleep. And now I'm like, Oh, I have to get up and then like get alert again and make this podcast. And then I make some tea and now I feel like I've swung way back the other way again. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I actually
0: did fall asleep
1: before getting on here with you today. That's not normal, but I have a, yeah, I just couldn't, I had to lay down. Um, I actually have no kids at the house right now. Abigail is back in Birmingham. And so, for various reasons and purposes and schooling, they're not here tonight. And you would, in my mind, that meant I was going to get a lot of stuff done. And I managed to feed myself and fall asleep. So, that sounds great. It seems I'm getting less done the less responsibilities I have to do. So we've established that we're both super energetic. Did anything of note occur to you <laughs> this week or happen
0: to you? Um yeah, let me uh let me review here. Uh, I was going – I actually wrote down here what did you do this week with a colon because I was then going to review the week and write down things that I did. Did not do that. I did write down that I should do that. Um, you wrote down something. Yeah, I did write down something. I did write down – I so uh, Archer saved up uh, – well, through some Christmas uh, money and, uh, and his allowance, which as a uh, seven-year-old, I will, um, I will reveal for tax purposes that his allowance is – a week if he does all his chores. He gets a dollar per day. He has a chore each weekday. Um, Nice. He saved up enough money to buy the new Kirby game on the Switch. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's a big Kirby fan. We got a little stuffed Kirby. Kirby Kirby big hit in our household. Um, Not quite Mario level, but Kirby's pretty up there. And uh, so we went out to the Target. The Target didn't have Kirby. They were sold out. So then we went down the road to a store that I realized I hadn't even been to a, a best buy since moving here. And I can't remember the last time I was in one in Florida either. It's been a very long time since I've been in a best buy. Mm. Seems um, like it, the
1: end to a success story.
0: Uh, it's, a uh, I it, well, I'm opening the, the, um, the, the, the pathway to my strange visit to this best buy. <laughs> um, so we get, we go down the road to the best buy. I, like, like I said, haven't been one in, uh, in uh, Chicago, The they're not really in the city, uh, you know, big box stores kind of there's a couple areas of Chicago where you're going to get like some really big stores like that. But a lot of Chicago, that's a lot of square footage to, to carve out in like River North or something like that. Um, the one that we went to was kind of under the interstate a little bit, like really shoved into this weird location. Um, and it was a uh, middle of a Saturday, no, almost nobody in the parking lot. Uh, We got out and walk into Best Buy, and I had forgotten, or maybe they've cranked it, but I had forgotten how much one is harangued in a Best Buy. There's a by by
1: by, the helpful
0: store clerks. Yeah, uh, sure. There's a greeter. I had forgotten there's a greeter at Best Buy. I guess that's always been a thing. I'm gonna sound pretty
1: sure the greeter at the Best Buy is a let's see if anyone's trying to steal stuff from the store at Best Buy. Sure, but But they do put him in as a greeter.
0: Yeah, he 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 could if he was just let's see if somebody will steal something guy. He could go sit in a you know an offensive coordinator box somewhere and just look at a bunch of screens. Instead, he stands there. They leave. It's too late. (laughs) No, it's actually totally not. Once you leave, that's when they can actually get you. Did you know that with the shoplifting? That's my understanding. Is you they can't get you for shoplifting. You have plausible deniability until the point at which you at which you've actually stolen something
1: yes i think they're trying to stop loss before the exit so that it's not a legal matter
0: i see it's a you know yeah. there's a presence at the door we don't okay.
1: yeah we don't want vigilantism outside the store they don't want to have to
0: file a police report they'd prefer it just doesn't leave the <laughs> well those aren't necessarily the shared scenarios they could i'm just saying a vigilante doesn't necessarily file a police report if you're talking about some sort of uh, outsourcing the problem to like <laughs> I like the
1: imag- <laughs> I like imagining that it's not the employees. There's a certain kind of person who loiters outside a Best Buy and or in a car near a Best Buy waiting for suspicious activities, uh-huh. just as like a public service.
0: Yeah, there's may or may not be an actual business relationship with the Best Buy. Certainly on paper, maybe it's just a probably not. Yeah, Yeah. so it's uh, a now instead of the plausible deniability of the shoplifter, now you have plausible deniability of the guy who grabs the shoplifter and like full Nelsons him in the parking lot. I like this. (laughs) This feels. I mean, I feel like the word's going to get around and no one's going to steal from that Best Buy. But I digress. So we walk into the Best Buy and we're we're harangued. Uh, And the first thing I noticed in this Best Buy, I felt very, I felt kind of Truman showish uh i swear to you i did not see anyone who wasn't a best buy employee when we like <laughs> you walk into the store and sort of like scan because i also haven't been in this best buy and best buy at think i think at one point in time when uh you had radio shack was and maybe a circuit city and circuit city was this weird labyrinthian store with like a do you remember how weird circuit city was <laughs> It was like dark, and like you had to go pick your products up at a separate window in the foyer. Yeah.
1: And they didn't, I guess it is like a, a Best Buy, except Best Buy is open. Circuit City was like hallways, and
0: it wasn't, there, there wasn't really a theme other than if it uses electricity. So, I mean, that's where Best Buy's at, too. You can buy like a blender at a Best Buy and stuff. But the, uh, the, the, the experience once upon a time and for uh, if we have any younger Mm -hmm. listeners a circuit city you you walk into like an entry alcove thing like that if you ever seen the uh, circuit city the big giant like purple plinth that is the thing that you walk into maroon i guess more of an aubergine plinth um (laughs) you you walk into there and then there's to the left is like a pickup window like you're at a um, Mm -hmm. at a dmv and at the right is the sliding door into the actual store. And the whole store, I recall being very dimly lit and kind of uh, more like a, almost like a furniture store, like a lot of like little setups and a lot of weird aisles yeah, and stuff. low
1: ceilings. Yeah. Alcove with all of the computers set up for you to try. A yeah. larger area with shelves of DVDs, alcove with... Uh, computer games and and gaming uh, accoutrement. Yeah, it's like a, uh, a grotto of electronics. You, you know, yeah, the entryway, what would you call it, an antechamber? It, it is unique to to Circuit City. Maybe it was a proto version of the vigilante greeter. Oh, I like see. You you couldn't get out or in without going through. Oh,
0: like international waters. You have to get through it's, there. Exactly. Hmm. So... The this so in Best Buy, I think at one point in time walking into a Best Buy was and I, I remember it being kind of cool, right? Like you walk in and it's this cavernous experience where there's just like you walk in the side of the building instead of like a weird corner of the building, and then there's the whole store and it's the ceilings are fifty feet tall for literally no reason. They don't hang anything up there. There's no decorations, there's Just lots of air in a Best Buy. And I think at one point in time that felt grand and fresh. But now I walk into this Best Buy and they, okay, I guess they hang signage, but the signage that was hanging, I had a lot of problems with this Best Buy. I walk in and all the shelves are the same height. So there's no way upon walking into the, it's like looking across Texas. I don't know where anything is. And I'm. Tr- I just need to go find the video games, and I'm looking for like a PlayStation logo, ab- like peeking above the like, the the flat the top of the shelves. Anything. There are signs, but all of the signs are. I think they may have been hanging from the ceiling, and they're all vertically oriented. So then I'm. St- I'm standing there with the kids, and we're we're. Well, I'm actually we didn't we didn't stop. We kept moving. Uh, but I'm walking around, tilting my head, trying to read these stupid vertical signs to try to find the video games. Like I'm looking at a bookshelf, and uh, and uh, and right after the greeter, we hit two more people, and they're just talking because, like I said, only Best Buy people in this Best Buy. Probably, I would say a total, probably two dozen employees across the Best Buy, maybe more. And I didn't see any other customers they were probably around personally did not see them um they ask what we're there for and i'm just trying to gun past everybody to find the stupid kirby game and get out and uh felix of course says we're here to find the kirby game because my brother has enough money with his allowance and she's waving (laughs) (laughs) they're like oh okay and uh and then we got we we walked, I swear, not more than 20 feet and then got pulled aside by a woman with a um, with a clipboard thing, an electronic clipboard thing, asking me who gave me my cable. She's not marked as a Best Buy employer or anything else. I said Comcast. And then she said, great, I'm actually part of Comcast. We're here to let's see what you're uh, let's see what you're uh, eligible for today. And so, and I hadn't really even stopped walking and she had already turned on her thing as right around the word bull, like the eligible, she's turning it on for, she's pulling her, her, uh, stylus out. And by the end of today, she's like ready to take my information. And I'm, I, I don't remember Best Buy being like this. Did you start to panic? Did you walk faster? I, 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 um, at that point I treated her like a telemarketer and just said, no, no, we, we're really like literally all we use it for is internet. I don't even get, we don't, just talking to you, not her. We don't deal with cable. Um, I pay for Netflix or whatever. And, um, so I, I finally got over to the, sh- the, the video game shelf and it is in the back corner of the store and the, the, the Nintendo Switch game shelf, which the Nintendo Switch very hot right now. Big deal platform uh probably eighteen inches wide, all the games are put like spine out like there there's not like a display there's not like a uh a demo machine they're just like over in the corner, like you like so many light bulbs or something else <laughs> and uh and Kirby is gone. I turn around and there are two more like i said they're they're in pairs because they're lonely the Best Buy people, two more of them talking to each other. And then I said, are you guys sold out of Kirby? Uh, And she goes, oh, no, we got a bunch in the back. (laughs) And she takes off and gets one from the back. And then we buy it. She's unfriendly. I try to make small talk about how my, you know, I try to theatrically give it to my kid and be like, here you go, Archer. Congratulations. You got this with your allowance. Kind of like giving the lady some sort of like, in to say something yeah, nice, yeah, 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 n- uh, y- nothing, just and um and I I I don't know why one of those people couldn't be like restocking the shelves, but I guess at this point at Best Buy they'll get you one from the back if you want it, I guess. <laughs> but it's like a,
1: it's almost as if there could be a service
0: yeah. where you
1: don't do any of that and you just say, here I'm going to pay you for this. You say you have. Can you hand it to me as I drive by a drive-through
0: Best Buy? Uh, yeah, it's sort of like the the opposite of Amazon now. Uh, wait, do right. you know? Do you You're have Amazon throne. now? Wait. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> do you have? You don't have. In Pensacola doesn't have no, Amazon no, no, now, right? uh, Amazon no. now is uh, aside from extenuating circumstances, like maybe you are pinned between a, a rock and a tree, and you. You need, a, like, a burrito. I can't I, – there's not a lot of situations of which Amazon now is just, like, not the laziest possible thing to do. Which, fine, this is America. That's that's great. If you want to pay delivery fee to have someone bring you more toilet paper, go for it. But, like, uh, I really like this idea of reverse Amazon now where I am the driver and I'm the one who uh, delivers the thing to myself I just go to a window somewhere. Or maybe I maybe it's a street corner. Maybe it's like a Craigslist pickup scenario. You know, You just pop to... the trunk. Yeah. I just drive it's up. It's Taco like...
1: Bell. You know, Taco Bell could partner with this. Because that seems like the place you'd go meet. You know, just because there's going to be one close to you. Mm-hmm. And it's already sketchy. So, you know, Taco Bell partners up with this. And they've just, you know, you stop there, pop your trunk put in a box or a burrito or whatever it is that you ordered remotely
0: and be on your way. Right. I feel like the, there are industries in which making quick transactions in a fast food, uh, parking lot are, there are already kind of one step ahead of Amazon here. Um, you know, so maybe we go back to the independent contractor situation, the plausible to my ability situation. Look, I'm just going to drive into this parking lot and pop my trunk and whatever ends up in my trunk is sort of, you know, uh, you, I don't need to know who put it there. They don't need to know who I am. There's an, anani- <laughs> there's an anonymity to this that's very appealing. Um, oh my goodness! That was a phone ring. Is that your burner for your for your uh, Taco Bell? Oh, uh, <laughs> well, looks d- item like my business? box
1: of burritos
0: is ready. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want them to get cold. I mean Amazon's getting there. Uh you probably again, like, hey, I hate to be like you don't in your dinky little small town don't have all of these bullshit uh nihilist tech uh startup situations, but uh you probably don't have Amazon delivering all their own stuff to you, right? Like when you order Amazon, it's probably delivered in like a say a mail truck. Yeah. Well, various delivery services. I've never seen an Amazon truck. Well, that's the thing. You're that's never going to see an Amazon truck. What you're going to see, at least what you see in Chicago, is just a dude. It's uh, like
1: contracting. Yeah, off. yeah. It's,
0: it's an unmarked van. He comes up with. He's like uh, unmarked Santa. He just comes up with a big bag of stuff and re- buzzes himself in, or buzzes buzzes you, and you let him in, and he's hands you a thing and takes off he's not wearing amazon stuff he'll say he's amazon right if you on the intercom or whatever but the if rest he, of it is is if very you
1: interrogate him, <laughs>
0: right. who
1: are you? What are you how are you doing this it's
0: like man with man with giant bag of amazon things <laughs> uh yeah who do you he, work for amazon has sidestepped the entire like mail industry um <laughs> That's their. That's where they're going. Yeah. Now, I can see the dystopian
1: aspect of this well for uh, on several angles, and I think the one that probably bothers you the most being why do why are we driving the what is it that we're doing that drives the desire for getting something delivered in an hour, whatever you want, whenever you want it. And I sort of agree. I think it might be unnecessary to a large degree unless you had those extenuating circumstances that we've yet to perfectly imagine. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I do see the sort of shining civilizational progress piece of it, which is that it is pretty amazing that that can happen. And it's not exclusively for rich people I don't know why you need that exactly but it's available and it's a thing and it's possible and it's drastically more uh, efficient than what we've had in the past and perhaps even sustainable ongoingly as we start to use different types of energy for transit etc. So, as a counterpoint, it is pretty amazing that they can do it, and hopefully it'll be like a positive
0: thing that we do. Man, eventually. your tech optimism is a very important part of this podcast. Also, you invented two new words there that I both I wrote down. Um, oh, I, I need to know. Civilizational, which I like, and ongoingly, which might be a word. I'm not sure. Uh, that one could be a word. <laughs> i like it uh well so that i think is the the shining future right like it, it is the that is the sort of our current state justifies the means to some degree like there are aspects of our ability to do that there are, there are certain advances that have been made that that uh have allowed us to get there that are really cool uh The internet and logistic chain, you know, uh, supply chains or what, what have you. Um, the, uh, the worrisome part to me, because I'm here to be the cloud to every single tech silver lining that you can invent, uh, is that on right now it's on the back of a gig industry. Um, I don't know, I don't know how like lucrative it is to be an Amazon delivery driver. Um, obviously it's there's been plenty of coverage on how unlucrative it is to be like an uber driver that kind of thing um but there is there is still a i think the thing that worries me the most is the um undermining of a an existing infrastructure instead of fixing or investing in it um and when it comes to amazon i mean like uh i i don't know how amazon would be responsible for this but in, they are opting out of the mail system, right? Like, and in, in obviously, this year they're opting out of paying income tax for however they managed to pull that off. But there is a theme in tech of um, of not being involved in however investing or improving the in the public works that are there. You know, if you think of mail as a public work, if you think of I, I like can, I, not the taxi thing, but like public right. transportation, that kind of stuff,
1: because it's more efficient or cheaper, but at the expense of established systems that provide, you know, more of a stable job base. Yeah. I see that, but how do you decide that? Where the line is and where you're just saying, well, to be fair, right. let's try to keep this alive, you know. It's sort of, a, I guess that's what we use government for. Um, yeah. But intentionally <laughs> protecting a thing as it's being replaced by another thing is – very tricky, and not always a good idea. what we probably should talk about is that the gigs will be replaced by automated gigs, and so then they won't have even the gig jobs, and then we'll have to look into universal income <laughs> for people
0: if you think i I am with you until the i I feel like having the same people that. Uh, ride the you know the backs of untold Amazon untold numbers of like Amazon seasonal warehouse workers into the future. If I don't, as we you talked about before, no matter how much stuff you have, there's it's still very appealing to want more free stuff. And I don't feel like there will be an altruistic. I mean, I hope so because that's probably where we're headed anyway. But I I have my doubts that they will that all of the, the all of the people responsible for all of these. Uh, decisions and these, like you said, uh, it, you have to hold to a kind of principle or uh, uh, in, in belief in the existing system and what it's there for in order to invest in it because it's transparently more profitable not to, right? It's, it, you know, send your own guy out. Um, and then if that guy doesn't like what he's getting paid, there'll be another guy. Uh, and all of that's cheaper than using the mail system and it's faster and things like that, right? Like if if the... um if that's the the mindset of the people doing this uh there I don't feel like there'll be a inflection point a, a, a past which they're like, "Oh, oh, it's all robots now, okay, time to give everyone money <laughs> like there I just don't feel like that's the logical conclusion of the, way, the of the the kind of thinking that gets us there in the first place
1: No, I don't think that's i, I don't well. It's not a planned move anyways. It's it's a progressive evolution of whatever seems to be the most efficient within certain legal bounds, yeah. which, of course, can be debated. But, yeah, it's not going to flip one day, but it will become a bigger and bigger issue until it's either – it's dealt with in some way. Uh, and yeah, there's – I think there's a good bit of – Speculative fiction on such things, but. yeah.
0: I mean, uh, post scarcity. Of course, the scarcity ends up coming from other places. Um, post scarcity is, or not post. Well, yeah, uh, post uh, not post scarcity. I guess post uh, manpower or something, right? Like, post you work because you want to, right? And but like, I I one of my uh, good friends here talks about his economy. I think economy professor. And the state of you no, know, so this is secondhand, clearly, and I'm not educated on these matters. But the way his <laughs> professor described it to him, um, the situation in China uh, is that they're they're um, they've, they're capitalistic to a fault in like a really unregulated sort of way, and they will build a building in order to build it because they have people around that need a job to build a building, and then they'll tear it down because they have other people that need a job to tear down the building. Um, But no one ever needed the building. The point of the building was literally to uh, pay someone to do a thing, and then once the building is there, now now you have different work that you can pay other people for ad infinitum. Right, Uh, which
1: is basically manufactured income. You almost wonder if they make people do the work because... There's more societal chaos if people are sitting around with money not doing work.
0: Well, that's certainly the excuse, right? Like that's that people need to keep busy or – I mean that's probably one of the arguments against the U.S.
1: China – I was told that and I've I've been to China once upon a time and there were a lot of jobs that were clearly to occupy people such as someone sitting in every elevator. (laughs) Like apartment buildings that look like they could collapse. They've got someone sitting in the elevator pressing the buttons. That is their job. Lots of people sweeping. Imagine an entire country where they have people with straw brooms sweeping roadways. But Hmm. there's just a bunch of them. Sweeping the road. Yeah, roadways. Huh. Sides of roads. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. People painting trees. That was another job, where you. Now it sound It's less awesome than it sounds.
0: It doesn't sound awesome.
1: Well, awesome and eccentric. What on earth?
0: Far away. No, I immediately assumed it was to like make them look alive or something.
1: No, it's trees on the side of the road painted white, which. Um, I haven't researched but believe to be some kind of safety thing, you know, like marking the edges of the roads. I, I don't know. I see. Just about the first five feet of a tree trunk painted white. Uh, So that's an endless job. So, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to continue to think of the optimistic outcomes and see where we
0: get. I mean, it. it certainly can't hurt. I, I hear all that and I think like much like it's easier to send your own basically disposable worker out in a in a uh van to deliver your things than it is to uh I don't know, shovel a billion dollars in the direction of reform or, or activism or something like that, uh to fix the mail system. Uh, it's it's always easy, uh, and this is a big thing in software, right? It's always easier to start a greenfield project, and in software lingo, that just means like, screw it, we're starting over, we're making a fresh thing, than it is to like to do something with a legacy code base, like a brownfield is what is what we would call it in the consulting uh, industry. Like uh, the, it's always easier to just do a fresh, start a fresh slate, and it's. No, oftentimes also cheaper and simpler. You know, it's easier to put a person in every elevator and check the box of, like, jobs made, elevator <laughs> guy they did it. Like, no education required, minimal risk, et cetera, than it is to, like, you know, fix that dilapidated. Not that it's the same company responsible for both. This is not a one-to-one thing. But, like, there are – the the difficult problems are – not necessarily also more profitable. So like a lot of the time to, in order to choose to solve the difficult problem, you have to make a des- decision on principle or you have to, you know, invest in more than yourself and your company. Hmm. Well,
1: that doesn't paint a yeah, sorry p- picture of probable success.
0: <laughs> we should, o- we should open with my cynicism and close with your, with your green, green, uh, <laughs> green it's almost said green skies but that's not green skies um that something's gone very wrong
1: that's the right the the nuclear winter settling in oh good so we could just close with cynicism and uh fear mongering
0: oh i i'd be afraid to do that um oh speaking oh i do have a fear mongering thing i'm actually curious about this oh yeah this is a parenting and fear mongering um question uh my uh I was recently privy to a text message conversation my wife was having with some other mothers where they were discussing the uh, usage of small GPS devices on your children in order to keep track of them as they roamed, uh, ostensibly roamed the, the, na- the neighborhood. Do you have an opinion on putting a GPS tracker on your, ch- your children? Slash, do you GPS track your children? Are you familiar with this as a concept?
1: Um, <clears throat> I-, I believe every parent has thought... Is that possible? Maybe we should think about that. I don't have any GPS trackers. I have heard about them. Uh, I haven't researched them extensively myself. But not opposed at all. I I mean, It's. It seems like a very practical measure, especially if it's unobtrusive, which is, I guess, my biggest question. I don't know how. I guess you could give them a bracelet or something. Yeah. But I, I, I don't want to get into whether or not we should or shouldn't be as worried as we are nowadays about watching them and tracking them and doing whatever. But anything to give the kid a better friend, sense of freedom and, like, you know – uh, What's the word? Agency, and then you are able to chill out about it. I can see it being a very positive thing, especially if it's not some ridiculous collar that makes everyone ostracize them.
0: Hmm. Well, the one I'm looking at is neon, uh, and it's it looks like a uh, cl- it looks kind of like a watch, like a really thick watch. It's a G- GPS code tracker smart wristwatch. Uh, there's only five left. Oh, four left. Okay, this counter is either fake or these things it's are hot flying off the shelf. <laughs> yeah. Shelves. Uh, yeah the, so the my under my my gut here with these uh, with with this particular conversation is that this is becoming a little bit a little bit of a status thing, a little bit of a oh you know are you you know it's sort of suburban like everybody has a has a tracker for their kid now um, kind of thing. Oh, anti lost smartwatch bracelet. That's kind of words. Okay. This one says uh, "elderly pets kids tracker." I'm assuming that's for the elderly or pets <laughs> or kids. The, el- the elderly pets. Your just sort elderly of lie around. pets
1: child <laughs> is in in need of tracking. Okay, um, well, I mean, I'm 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 cool with. It's a, so it's becoming. I don't know. I, I don't know, and I don't know enough hip moms. Then, <laughs> if it's becoming a hip parent thing.
0: Yeah, we might be on the forefront of this. This might be the crested wave of, of all of of this coming... Uh, maybe we could divert it from all the negatives that it could have. We need to develop
1: our own child-tracking uh, situation. What if it's like... Maybe we should go the opposite way. Instead of trying to make it smaller and smaller and trying not to get lost, maybe like it's like a whole suit. And then you can just... Upgrade it. It's like a kid's utility suit. Okay. And so they feel like a superhero. Oh. And it's got tracking in there. It's got a retract uh sort of a
0: like a um you got you, you well if it's a super suit, you're gonna need a utility belt, you're gonna need a um a grappling hook. Yeah, um, I I
1: might go we might need to make that a rubber grappling hook <clears throat> initially.
0: Right. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is pocket for yeah, sure. there, I think there's going to be some training. Oh, uh, then again, now there's training and now you've got even less to worry about cuz your kid is trained. I mean, I personally would be a lot less worried about my kid if they ran around if they owned and were equipped with and knew how to use effectively a grappling hook. Um
1: yeah, I mean that's that's hmm. only adding yeah to your kid's safety. That's true.
0: I, I think you you've got a little bit of a, a a hump there with them to convince them to wear their super suit with the grappling hook every time they go out. Like that might not be super uncomfortable and say a, super comfortable in say a movie theater um, sort of environment. And their their friends might mm, no. You're I I think that you know at a certain level kids are very very sensitive to uh, strong characterizations and licensed media and that kind of stuff. So. Maybe as long as you uh, accompany your kid with pretty strong cross-marketing for their brand. Um, oh, that goes without saying. Yeah. We got Spider-Man suits. We've got... Right. What are, what are the kids into these days? Doc McStuffins. Doc McStuffins. Yeah, Doc McStuffins uh, is big. Um, I couldn't believe Mario. that there was a television show called Doc McStuffins. I only found out very recently about Doc McStuffins, uh, and I can't exists. believe it's for children and not exclusively adults. Um. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> I'm sure you can find alternate versions somewhere. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, YouTube your, I was Archer could be a giant, safely tracked Kirby
0: marketing <laughs> platform. I don't know. All right, that's um. I'm. I urge you to look up Kirby costume because I've been down this rabbit hole <laughs> for. <laughs> <laughs> the Kirby, Kirby costumes are exclusively homemade and exclusively extremely horrifying. <laughs> um, we He wanted to be Kirby one year. And the very first result for Kirby is a four-step instructable on the Googles. And uh, <laughs> here's a simple Kirby costume we made for Halloween. These people bought a yoga ball, um, used it to uh, paper mache around... And then painted their poor child jeans pink and stuck them in a paper mache sphere, and the Kirby expression of this like kind of k- papery, crackly looking Kirby is one of sort of just like existential realization of is what
1: it like a kill me now type yeah, of facial expression. It's a little
0: bit. I'm gonna um, wait. You're on the. You're on. I was about to. Do a really dumb thing, which is take a picture of this and send you a picture. I'm going to send you a link because that plays really well in a podcast. Let's see. I'm going to go here. I'm going to do this. Here you These go. These
1: pictures are horrifying.
0: I told you the Kirby. Kirby is a. I think one of Kirby's biggest flaws is that he's difficult to um to to build a costume around. Um,
1: I that was not my thought.
0: Plenty of for room GPS for a GPS. plenty of room for a GPS tracker, though. I mean. It, or anything else. I mean, you could fit a sig- significant drop grappling hook that. He, <laughs> oh Lord! <What> is, <laughs> okay.
1: I mean, it looks more like Kirby than the other ones.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right.
1: But it maybe crossed, in a
0: disturbing way. <laughs> it <laughs> it does, uncanny Kirby Valley. <laughs> it does. It does register as Kirby, which beats the fact you know that's something like oh uh, you're Kirby as opposed to you're you're a, uh, a, a weird saggy pink blob. Know uh
1: man the problem with kirby is that he's really a horror character in disguise of a the cutest little bubbly jumping character i mean he's consuming creatures souls i mean what would you say kirby's doing
0: uh no he uh, absorbs people into himself uh he um (laughs) one of his special moves is to uh uh you hit the button and every enemy on the screen flies into a giant cooking pot that Kirby is stirring and then they all die <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah okay no that's yeah. about what we were I- I- anticipating Kirby
0: but- uh, one uh, the uh, the logical conclusion of the Kirby universe is there is one uh, once far into the future there will only be Kirby um that's you know that yeah. that's just the Kirby law, that's the law of thermodynamics or Kirby, like the is Kirby is dynamics intriguing. Yeah. Kirby, nothing comes out of Kirby. The Kirby death of the universe. Yeah. The, uh, our pinkest future. Um, where were we before Kirby? Let me, oh, no. uh, So I. Oh, you've got a
1: GPS tracker up in there. Oh, you can put all
0: kinds of stuff in there. Right, right. But uh, suppose, suppose just, just for a second that, uh, we, uh, we were capable, the human race was capable of letting a child go out of eye sh- eyesight for, say, any time at all. And then uh, that child was able to navigate their way back to your house. Just, could we do that? Do we, do we have to GPS track the child? Can we, re- can we raise our chi- child with their own tracking? Can our child be the tracker of our child? So are, are you we are we creating a future? Your- are we creating a future where our children can't navigate their way home? Or well, I guess you know Wait, the they don't
1: true. have the
0: true. You're right. I'm I mean, I away didn't here.
1: imagine it that way. Hmm. Look, that's an extra add-on to the super suit. Okay, <laughs> they right. can actually view their own GPS location.
0: No, I, uh, I want them. It, I want them to have a limited capability. I want an aliens-style like ping system. I I don't want to just, like, lay it out for them. I want them to have to work for it a little bit. Yeah, you want to tag them.
1: You know, put a clip in their ear and then get out there with one of those giant antennas. (laughs) Like, you're looking for the Black Panther in in South Florida and just start pinging. That makes more sense.
0: I do like giant antennas. Where The antennas are too small now in general.
1: Right. You can't tell it's an antenna
0: i have that I have that like antenna that? for my t v because i don't have uh I don't have cable and maybe I want to watch c b s like once a year mm-hmm. uh, i I feel completely ineffectual of that thing a real antenna it's a i mean there's a certainly a you know look it's let's not beat around the bush here you extend that antenna and you're pointing at places in order to get some television <laughs> You know what I'm saying, and now I'm now instead of, of instead of a urgh, antenna. Well, hold on, wait, this thing goes out even farther. Let me just stick it out the window. Urgh. Now there I'm getting some CVS. I feel like a real man. Uh, now I've got this like floppy plastic thing, and I assume that it makes for a better antenna. But it's like I'm, I have a a placemat attached to a wire, and I'm waving it at stuff, trying to get. I don't understand, man. Uh, I've, yeah, I've been a re- very grumpy old man tech guy today. I guess
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm sort of with you. I don't even I can't even confirm
0: those things work.
1: Uh, Well, I mean, it, it, you know, it could just be like the street crossing button. You Uh, you, you're putting it places you don't know.
0: Oh, no, I know those street crossing buttons don't exist here. Oh, yeah. Well, they don't even have them They're Chicago,
1: they've done away with the illusion.
0: Yeah, Chicago is has had enough of that shit. The, this is too serious a city. You're just going to stand there and wait and like it. <laughs> Whereas in Jacksonville, they absolutely had street crossing buttons, and they, those buttons did absolutely nothing verified. Um, so, elevators also. The elevator door close button. I, I haven't hit one in forever, so I can't say that the I, elevator I've, door close button still doesn't do anything, but I don't think it does. It might. that uh, You have
1: about a two-second window where it makes a difference anyways, if it does work. So that is baffling. I've always saw so I've always seen those button open button close for the elevator door as more of a social courtesy button oh, where you're showing, oh, I'm going to help this go along faster and let me actively say that we're doing something rather than staring awkwardly or. <laughs> sort of wondering if this person actually cares if you're getting off or on. So I'm okay with it, but that may be just the thing I've constructed in my own head.
0: No, you're right. I'm standing in an elevator, and everybody knows the clock's ticking on this thing. There's no, there's no uh, countdown timer. on. There's no yellow light on the elevator, right? It's just going to start closing at some point. Somebody's rushing toward it, and <laughs> with a suitca- with like five suitcases, you can't help them at all like you can't get out of the elevator to help them that's going to create more confusion now you now who's going to hold what suitcase you're not going to like uh you're not gonna, you could stand there like a like a sociopath just waiting and then you yeah of course you know if that happens and the door starts closing you're going to catch their eye right as the door closes and feel terrible about it for like an hour afterwards um or you can reach down and just push that button. You don't even really have to push the button. It could be a little thumb print. Sig- like, really, the button isn't over- over-engineering the problem. It just needs to say, like, put thumb here to reinforce, or this is the cheering button. Like, come on. <laughs> you can do it. I'm, you, can, you can make it to the elevator. I'm leaning over and pushing it for you. Wait a minute. We're talking about two different things, though. The, the door open button functions. What the hell does the door close button do? What? What?
1: I'm, there is a two-second window ah. where it will hold the door open on its own, and if you hit it within those two seconds, I see. We think that the door will just start closing ahead of time, but I don't know if anybody's ever tried to time this.
0: Mm. Oh, well, I I feel like all you're really doing there, and my other scenario, completely invalid. It is very important to hold that door <laughs> open, please, everyone. Er, the real power move is to stick your hand out of the. I was elevator. waiting for you to hit the door
1: close button It's <laughs> yeah. like a, a nod to your other elevator passengers. Like we don't need this shit. Yeah, <laughs>
0: we're <laughs> Just like, here. We're all, yeah, <laughs> we all got places going. to be. <laughs> Look at that guy. That suitcase is <laughs> taking up. No, that, I'll a, handle this. A double stroller? <laughs> Hell no. We're out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I feel like the real, like old fashioned power move is instead of hitting the door open button, you you reach your arm out like you're holding a mattress down on the interstate, like on top of your car. You're gonna hold that elevator door open with your arm for him. <laughs> like, oh, hold on, I got this. everyone, everyone, I got this. <laughs> um, that so the door close button. I feel like all you're really communicating, or all I feel like I would be really communicating if I pushed it was. I'm now commuting to the people I'm in the elevator with that I'm impatient and I'm in a hurry and now they're worried about me. I don't if some if I'm in the elevator and somebody reaches down and they like hammer the door close button, I don't think, oh how nice they want to get me somewhere quicker. That was cool. I think, man, that guy probably has to pee really bad or something like he's got or that guy let's has get issues this over with Yeah, like we've, what do I hear any longer than normal? Do, we'll... do I smell like is there something else going on? Like now I'm worried about that guy. Hmm. Mm. I, elevators
1: uh, creating all kinds of problems.
0: I once worked with a developer a very nice uh a sweet d- developer guy uh i'm not not to stereotype developers too much, but he was an incredibly stereotypical stereotypical developer so there you go and he uh he once uh talked of of standing in an elevator uh and a an attractive girl was approaching the elevator and he uh his brain misinterpreted the you know so you've got your door open and door closed button symbols and the door open <laughs> button is the two triangles facing away from one another right with, which and, could look like the
1: flat side of the door is closing on each other
0: well I, his and the door open to, to the door sorry the door closed button looks like the the points of the triangles are touching the line in the middle he glanced right. at it and thought uh, butterfly. Right, so the butter so like or something with wings. So the 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 one of them the wings are all folded up and one of them the wings are open ready to fly. So he pushed the one with the wings open like in, in one part of his brain thinking like, "Oh, you know, that's the door." We're like, "Oh, the doors are open, like the beautiful wings on this little icon <laughs> of a butterfly and he closed the door on this lady." So
1: Was this really Was this his first time on an elevator?
0: I man, or I don't Was it just female induced? Psychosis. I probably a, a combination of those. I, I this this was the kind of guy who would order a pizza and like tell them to leave it on the doorstep and go away. Like he he wasn't super big on the personal interactions. Like in general, uh, okay, yeah,
1: yeah. But we yeah, it is hard to behave appropriately in a lot of social situations. So, I'm I, I, I don't identify with him, but I sympathize with him.
0: Am I using those words right? Sure. Yeah, you, you think it's strange and odd, but you uh sort of pity the situation. I think is what you're saying. In a more like a uh, highbrow way. I don't I don't
1: pity him. <laughs> <laughs> but I Wish him well. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>
0: yeah, good luck. That, I mean, it, th- that s- scenario raises the question that the door closed button might b- cause more harm than it. Like it, 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 it is a social awkwardness generator, as opposed to the door open button, which is the nicest thing you can do on an elevator, other than asking someone what floor they're going to. Um, to push the button for them, like the so- mm-hmm. door open button, you can't go wrong with the door open button. A door close button either does nothing or makes the situation worse. I think. Boy, that's a lot of elevator material.